Hi guys, my name is Tara. I'm 18 years old. I'm a Virgo and this may or may not be my first podcast episode. So welcome to Teen Tangent. <laughs> welcome to Teen Tangents with Tara. It's a tongue twister, I know. Um, today what I want to talk about is adulthood. So being at my age in a weird point in my life, I'm considered an adult. You know, 18 is technically the beginning of adulthood in a lot of countries, especially in Europe, you know, where that's the drinking age, most kids move out by then, but living here in my circumstances, in my state, adulthood is very different than just turning 18 and upending your life. Um, For a lot of people, uh, they move out and go dorm at college or live off campus. But for me, at least, I live at home. So I also have a very different perception of what it means to exist as an adult without being fully independent. And I think that begs the question, are you an adult if you are not fully independent? And I would say yes, of course, because I don't think anyone is ever truly fully independent. I think we all have to rely on community in some respect or another. I mean, when you're a mother and you have your own kids, you're gonna hopefully rely on your community to school them, to watch them, um, to nurture them while you're working. So, I mean, tangent once again, but I think being an adult is more than just being fully independent, despite viewing it that way. Um, A lot of people like to view adulthood as independence because it kind of separates it from adolescence in a very distinct way. Um, Another thing about adulthood is as soon as you start becoming a young adult, you are supposed to, in some unwritten rule book, accumulate a lot of privileges that you didn't previously have. And for me, I think that's definitely true. My parents pulled a full 180 the moment I hit college. Um, So I was allowed to go on spring break, I was allowed to fly by myself, uh, have sleepovers, sleep over with my friends, and these sound like pretty mundane things, but I mean, my mom's Guyanese for background, and (laughs) that was a huge step. I mean, in eighth grade, I was not allowed to go on the typical Washington, D.C. trip. And this trip was so hyped up. Everyone was like, yeah, we're going to Washington, D.C. We're staying in a hotel. And I simply could not go. I simply was not allowed to go. I had to stay home. So I had to stay home. And I stayed in the school and watched whatever movie we watched, Private Ryan or something like that. Instead of going to Washington, D.C. It's okay. I made the best of it. So yeah, I think adulthood comes with having privileges that you didn't previously have. And I think I check off that point, at least for adulthood, because, you know, I have been gaining privilege, but I think privilege comes with responsibility. Um, I, I mean, I have a job now, I drive, so I'm able to, you know, drive myself places to sleepovers, I'm able to host, I have a little bit of my own space. So I definitely do see why I do have more privilege now as opposed to when I was, you know, even 17. So while I can't talk from the experience of people who are dorming away at college or are living out of home, people my age in particular, 
I can speak from my own experience and say that living at home definitely comes with restrictions that you know you wouldn't have otherwise if you weren't living at home. Um, but at the same time, I think I've found a lot of advantages to living at home. I definitely have a strong support system. Um, and you know, going into adulthood, you get your first job or sometimes your second job or your first corporate job. Um, I recently got my degree. I am in my undergrad years, so you know, a strong support system definitely helps. It always takes a community of support um, to really you know, hone, hone in success. Um, so I think that is not discounted by becoming an adult. You know, every adult needs support in some respects. Um, another thing that some people see as adulthood is getting more serious in relationships. So I definitely want to have another whole episode about friendships and what it means to be a friend, but specifically dating relationships. I mean, definitely there's discrepancies in parents about like, oh, like, should I let my kid date? Especially, especially if you have an immigrant parent, they're going to be like, oh, like, do you want to date? You know, I was told at least when I was, you know, younger, I'd be like, yeah, like, my parents were like, yeah, like, 18 is the dating age. Now that I'm 18, my parents are like, maybe wait till 21, maybe 25. But at the same time, there's this, like, push and pull of, like, okay, but, like, you get married after after school, right? You know? Like, you're going to get married at, like, 28, 30, right? How, how do you want me to get married if I don't know anyone? That simply would not work. It doesn't match up. Um, anyways. So... Going back to, like, Guyanese parents, specifically my mom. My mom's Guyanese. I think they have very different perceptions of being an adult, too, um, based on their upbringing. So the privileges they had, you know, back at home and how they were raised. And, of course, you know, the way they were raised was as valid and correct as any other way of raising kids. You know, that's the way I was raised. But there's definitely a difference between their privileges at their age at home and then versus like privileges in the United States and I would say even there's differences between the United States and Europe. One thing I think is weird is that I've noticed um, as a person who doesn't drink I've noticed that a lot of people associate drinking with the start of young adulthood and I just think that's so odd because it almost seems like drinking is the default like people see drink people who drink sometimes see drinking as the default and I find that odd because how do you see doing something as a default as opposed to not doing it? Um, and obviously, you know, drinking is fun. Drinking is, you know, a college thing. But, I mean, I just don't partake. So it, it, it almost, a lot of people have come up to me and been like, oh, well, like, when you decide to drink. Or, oh, when we drink. Or when you start drinking as an adult. Or when you learn how to drink, there's there's the expectation for when instead of if. Or, you know, why, you know? There's a lot of the why question. Um, so I think that's also affected my experience with being a young adult because there is the expectation that I drink and it's, you know, it's not an existent expectation. Anyone can choose what they want to do with their body and it's completely valid. So I'm not invalidating anyone who does, you know, decide to have fun and drink. Completely up to you. 
in my experience, though, I feel like my decision not to drink has been discredited or, you know, pushed aside. People almost see that as childish. Because once again, drinking is this marker of adulthood. And I promise, I promise I'm not bashing anyone because, you know, you do what you do. But yeah, like the drinking age is definitely a marker of adulthood in a lot of people's eyes. Um, you know, being 21 in the United States is the drinking age and um, the legal drinking age. <laughs> and a lot of people think that's the marker of when you become an adult when you're 21. Um, in European countries, the drinking age is 18 and a lot of other countries too. Like not, not just to point out Europe, let me not be you know, European-centric, a lot, most of the other countries in the world have a drinking age of 18. I mean, Mexico for one, uh, Canada for another. So in those countries, 18 is you know, the marker of adulthood. And I think that's just a really weird correlation to make because why is voting not the marker of adulthood? They're like, why not joining the military? I mean, we can join the military and vote at 18. Um, you can take out loans at 18. It's almost as if people, or at least, at least corporations or companies want to capitalize off of this idea of adulthood. And that's also a big influencer because, you know, living in a capitalistic society, I think adulthood is definitely something to be marketed. Um, I mean, youth, youth is big driver of the market because people want to look young, people want to feel young, people want to be on the youthful side of their lives. No one wants to be perceived as old until you're a young person. You know, it's, it's like the grass is greener on the other side. Young people want to be seen as older and older people want to be seen as younger. But it, we, all we can do is be content with where we are and where we're going. I mean, my 16-year-old self, looking at my current self, would definitely say I'm in my young adulthood. You know, I'm about to graduate college in a couple semesters, um, and I'm, I have way more privileges than my teenage self did, my high school self. Um, but I've also had a lot of self-actualization, and, you know, I think that's something that to be considered. I think Young adulthood is a lot of self-reflection, reflecting on who you are as an individual and what your role is in the community and in the world because you're going to be making decisions that culminate in who you are. You're going to be making decisions on where you want to be in the world, where you want to work, and who you want to be. I think adulthood is also very career-centric, at least in my upbringing. Like, you're an adult when you've, you know, finished your education and um, come into your career or your job or your trade. I think that's a marker of adulthood, which again shows how we capitalize off of adulthood. How age is something to be monetized. And, you know, I, we all know that youth is not is so sellable. People want to buy products to, you know, smooth out their wrinkles. People get, people now get Botox to prevent wrinkles. I don't know if that's actually preventative, but people, the aging process is so 
not accepted, you know, uh, on the side of the media. Like, the aging process is just so skewed. I mean, you got these old adults playing high schoolers in TV shows. And that I think that also skews teenagers in believing what they should be looking or acting like. Because when you have a 30-year-old playing like a 15-year-old, and then you expect the 15-year-old target audience to understand that that's not realistic. It's just not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, it doesn't work. And that's, I mean, that's that, you know. Um, and then even with these younger actresses and influencers, I think they're also so uh, not inclined to looking older. Like, there's so much going towards looking youthful, you know, youth cells. Um, and I think that's another marker of adulthood, you know, realizing that youth cells and how valuable youth is. Because once you start uh, losing it, I feel like that's so dramatic to say. Like, what? Like, Tara, you... That, that's very dramatic to say. But once you realize the value of youth, I think you've started to separate yourself from being in your adolescence because you know youth when you're young you're not supposed to value youth you're supposed to value it in a way where you take it for granted you know it's not expected of you to reflect and be like yes i am young this is now you know i have to appreciate now it's it's something to be taken for granted in a very light way um because that's what youth is but going into adulthood, I don't think is getting, is necessarily losing your youth. Um, it's I think it's more of a gain. It's definitely more of a gaining a sense of your place in the world. This was my first podcast episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to keep up with the podcast, you can keep up with me on any major podcast platform hopefully <laughs> or you can keep up with me at shows.acast.com slash tara t-a-r-a i'll see you on the next episode